Christ. Amen. There are only a select few people in world history who share this one thing in common with me. You know what it is? My name, Gerke. Mm, yeah, Gerke. There's only a few of us out there. I've looked on Facebook. I mean, there's a bunch of strangers. There's even other Aaron Gerkes, but still, there aren't that many Gerkes out there. There's only a few of us on this Gerke family tree, and even out of the big Gerke family, I only know one select group of them. I only know my one branch of the family tree, and in that one branch of my Gerke family tree, there are some things about us, some traits, uh, some characteristics, some innate, intrinsic values that we just have because we're Gerkes after all. Gerkes are, well, some would say we're loud. <laughs> I don't know about that. Gerkes are strong, physically, strong-willed, <laughs> strong-headed even. Gerkes are storytellers. If you get together with our family, you'll hear these stories over and over and over again. <laughs> Gerkes are funny, uh, or so we think, at least. Actually, this is a, an appropriate time. My children specifically requested that I share with you a, a joke today. So, I mean, I can't let my kids down. So, you know, here you go. Why was 69 afraid of 70? Because they had a fight in 71. There you go. All right. It's okay. It's not a laughing one. You can just murmur and chuckle. That's all right. See, we think we're funny, and that's all that matters. Gierkes are loyal. Gierkes are faithful to their family, to their God. What's your family like? What's your family like? What kind of traits or characteristics, what kind of innate values are in you simply because of your family. When you look around at your family gatherings, even though you're your own individual people, what is it that stands out to you? What do you share in common? What's your family like? In today's gospel lesson from the gospel of John, Jesus is having a confrontational conversation with a family a large family, the family of the Jews. The Jewish people, they were a family. And for them, they traced their family lineage all the way back to Abraham. And for them, this was a big deal, that they were descendants of Abraham. Those of you who have been journeying with us through the story, we heard about Abraham a long time ago. In the, in the story, it was in chapter 2, in your Bible, it's early on in the book of Genesis. Abraham. Abraham was the one that God called out to, and he said, Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and those who curse you, I will curse. And he said to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky and as numerous as the grains of sand on the seashore. 
Well, these Jews at Jesus' time were those stars in the sky and those grains of sand. And for these Jewish people, claiming their inheritance and their family lineage was huge. This is their family, and they're proud of it. But there's a little problem with their pride. And it's that their pride of their family lineage took precedence. See, they relied more heavily on their family lineage for their salvation and their inheritance of God's blessings than they did on obeying God's word and believing it and living according to it. They thought it doesn't matter really what we do because we know who we are. We're Abraham's descendants. So Jesus needs to confront them over this issue because this is an issue. They've got it backwards. We started our reading today in John chapter 8, verse 48, but the context of the situation goes all the way back to chapter 7. If you've got a Bible with you, you can go to that section, and if you didn't bring a Bible, it's okay to bring Bibles to church, by the way, or if you want to bring out your phone and find this context, that's okay. I won't think you're texting. I know you're way more engaged than that. All right, so you can go to John chapter 7, and here's how it starts. Jesus went to Jerusalem for the Feast of Booths. This was one of three pilgrimage festivals that Jews did to Jerusalem, the Feast of Booze, the Passover Feast, and Pentecost. So Jesus was going to Jerusalem. At first, he wasn't going to go, but then he decided to go. And while he's there, he does a bold thing, and he heads to the temple to begin teaching. By this point of Jesus' ministry, his reputation is pretty well known, and a lot of people have heard about Jesus and so as Jesus is teaching there, there are a lot of opinions going on about who Jesus is. There is a group of people that just very clearly think Jesus has a demon, and he's just a whacked out guy that's demon possessed, and they're like, I don't know, just let him be. But there's another group that's much more malicious, and they are already intent on killing Jesus. They're already making the plan that they got to get rid of this guy because of his bold teaching. Well, in Jesus' teaching, things really start to get heated up in John chapter 8, verse 31, where Jesus says this, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But the people who are listening to him, they answered him, we're offspring of Abraham, Jesus, we've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you can say you'll become free? So they're questioning Jesus in his teaching. If you read it in context, this conversation just starts to go back and forth and back and forth between Jesus and these Jewish people who don't quite understand. See, these people, again, they claim that they are children of Abraham. And Jesus essentially says to them in this conversation, well, you're not acting like children of Abraham. What's he mean by that? That'd be like if somebody came up to me and said, your jokes are not funny. You're not acting like a Gerke. And I would say, our jokes aren't that funny. All right? So just deal with it. That's part of who we are. So Jesus says to these people, you're not acting like children of Abraham. For when Abraham was here, he didn't try to kill God's word. Even when it was hard, Abraham just believed God's word. But here you are, Children of Abraham, planning on killing me. 
And all I'm doing is speaking God's word to you. You're not acting like children of Abraham. But that's not all. Jesus continues to ratchet up this discussion, and he keeps telling these Jews that not only are they not acting like their family should act, but he says, no, even more so, you are acting like children of the devil. Whoa. Jesus says this, John 8, 47, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. This is very insulting to the Jews. Of course, they, they're like, well, we're children of Abraham. What, what do you want from us? They think that they're doing God's thing by simply being children of Abraham, but in actuality, they're listening to the devil because they want to kill Jesus. And it's only the devil that wants to kill God's word. And so Jesus finally says to them, and this is where things really come down, Jesus says to them this, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and he was glad. The Jews scratched their heads. It's not, it's not on here, but they scratched their heads. And they said to him, okay, Jesus, you're not even 50 years old. Abraham lived 2,000 years ago. How is it possible that you've seen Abraham? I mean, honestly, we give the Jews a bad rap, but this is a great question, okay? And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Again, Jesus, that's not proper grammar. Before Abraham was, I am? How you say that? You know, this, you're talking past tense, present tense. This is a huge statement of Jesus. If you don't understand what he's saying here, plain and simple, Jesus is saying, I'm God. I am God in the flesh. I've been around since before Abraham. I am the Jews who hear this consider it to be blasphemy. And according to Jewish law, a blasphemer could be stoned to death on the spot. And so when Jesus makes this claim and says, I am God, those Jews right there at the temple, they start picking up rocks and they're going to kill Jesus right there. Imagine it, right there. But Jesus hid himself, whatever that means, and he slipped away unscathed. Jesus is getting to the heart of the matter. See, the Jews thought that they had an in simply because of their family of origin, because they were born into the right family. They thought they had their ticket punched. They thought we don't really need to know God's word or obey God's word. We don't need to obey God's word. We don't need to put it into practice. We don't need to share it with others. So long as we've got our Abraham family lineage insurance card, our ticket is punched. We're guaranteed a place in heaven. But Jesus is telling them that that's never been the case with God's family. Salvation has nothing to do with your family of origin. You don't get your ticket punched simply because your grandpa was an elder in the church and got you baptized into Sunday school and then you never showed face again until your grandpa's funeral. 
You don't get your ticket punched because of your family of origin. Salvation has never worked that way. Jesus is saying salvation comes through me alone. Salvation comes through Jesus alone. That's it. And we are part of the family of Jesus, not because we've been born into it by the flesh, but because we believe it on account of the Spirit of God. Again, Jesus is making a huge statement here when he says, I am. When he says, I am. Again, Jesus said, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. This is a huge statement. Pastor Kevin referenced it when he was reading the Old Testament lesson. But in Jesus' ministry, he said these things. He said, I, I am. I'm, I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the vine. I am. This is not even all the I am statements Jesus made. But in making these statements, Jesus is not just talking about his characteristics. He's not just making nice metaphors. He is actually describing who he is and from where he came. I am is not just a verb for Jesus. I am is his identity. We read it in Exodus chapter 3 when God called out to Moses a long time ago. And Moses was like, who, who are you? Who, what should I say your name is? And God said, I am. I am who I am. I'm, I'm indescribable. I just am. I always have been. I always will be. I am. So when Jesus says this statement, again, before Abraham was, I am, it is a huge statement. If it were not true, it would be blasphemous. But it is true. Jesus is God in the flesh. He came into this world to demonstrate to that family lineage of Abraham and to us that salvation is not based in your family lineage, but it is based in Jesus Christ alone and in his death and resurrection. See, we have a father in heaven who is the father of all fathers. I don't know what your father was like. Some of you had fathers who raised you in the faith. Some of you had fathers who probably tried to drive you away from Jesus. I don't know what your earthly father was like. I don't know if those family traits that you've inherited are ones that you cherish or ones that you try to do different. We all have these earthly fathers, but we have a heavenly father who is father above all fathers. I am part of the Gerke family, and I'm, I'm proud of it, but there's only a couple of us. But every single one of you that have had the name of Jesus spoken on you have had the name of Jesus spoken into your heart. And those of you who have been baptized have had the name of Jesus marked upon you for all of eternity as a child of God. You are part of a family Part of a family that is not limited by one family name, but it spans across all earthly family names. You're part of a family that spans time and space. You're part of a family that's not based on your ethnicity. You're part of a family that doesn't eliminate or discriminate. You're part of one big family as children of God, as brothers 
and sisters in Christ. And if you were here with us last week when I preached about our Heavenly Father who welcomes us back home, you have a Father who has arms open wide for you today. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've left undone, attempts to flee away from him, the squandering of his gifts, he says, come home, my children. Come home to my family. My arms are open wide for you. You're part of a family. You're part of a family. You don't believe me. You don't believe me. All right. Turn to the person sitting next to you, and if it's a, if it's a man, say, hey, brother. And turn to a woman sitting next to you and say, hey, sister. Some of you think that we can't be a charismatic church and talk in the middle of the sermon. Go ahead. Say, hey, brother. Hey, sister. Go ahead. Do it again. All right, that's too much. That's, sorry, sorry. We got, we're getting a little carried away, guys. We got time. We got to keep time here. You're part of a family. Welcome. Welcome to the family. But if you're part of the family of God, it means that you now have a new name. And that also means that you now have new characteristics, new traits, new intrinsic values that you hold to simply because the DNA of the Holy Spirit lives and resides within you. The Bible describes them as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit. These are your characteristics. These are your traits because the Spirit of the living God is within you. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. You belong to the Heavenly Father on account of Jesus by the Spirit alone. So bear these traits. Obey the Word. Put it into practice. And as Jesus says, as Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you are disciples of Jesus Christ, you will put these things into practice. You will be disciples. You will invest in the next generation. You will want to pass down these fruits of the Spirit to your own biological children, but also to your spiritual children to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't you want to see a big old family in heaven for all of eternity? Go and make more disciples. Abide in Jesus' word. Live it and you will be free. You will be free. You are, you're free. You're free. And some of you are sitting there going, I don't know, but I'm an American. I, I've never been slave to anyone. What do you mean I'm free, Pastor? All right. I need to preach the sermon again. You're free. You're free from sin. You're free from Satan. You're free from death. You're free to live as children of God. So go and do it in his name. Amen. If you're able.